My name's Josh. My name's Brett. Welcome to Haptocast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Haptocast, episode number 28. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined by my good friend, as always, Brett Roberts. Hello, Brett. What's up, Chumbas? How you doing? Chumbas? What's the other C word in that game? There's a lot of C words in that game, but we won't go into that today. Oh, I was going to say crash. I was trying to set up a bit. Oh. That too. You didn't, you didn't get it. My game has crashed so many times. That's true. Uh, anyway, welcome to Hapticast, episode number 28, everybody. Um, this is our final episode of Hapticast before we take a break for the holidays, Brett. That's correct. So you will have uh, pretty much your typical uh, discussion topics coming out this week, um, day by day. They might be, it might be one less this week, um, just because we have, we have a couple of like individual larger, my eye is twitching larger topics to go over. Um, so you, we might miss one this week. And then obviously the full pod. Then we're going to be off for a couple weeks and we'll be back to you, um, I guess, first or second week in January, depending on how it falls, uh, with, you know, some stuff. Some new surprises, some changes mm-hmm. to the podcast. So That's correct. So yeah, so... Stay tuned. Um, but anyway, today, what we got for you is obviously we're going to be talking about cyberpunk uh, again. We have to talk about it. Um, and none of it's good. It's all bad. It's a mess. It's just, okay. Josh, it's as the game has, you know, it's been out. It's getting progressively and progressively worse for CD Projekt Red. Um, and we're going to really talk about is. that today. It is. Um, and then... We're also going to be talking about some other stuff that I actually have no idea. Something about Nintendo, something about a Taiwanese horror game, and then we have a nice little indie intel to wrap it up for you all um, for the year. So I guess you could call this our holiday special. It's not really a holiday special because there's nothing holiday about it. But Josh, uh, cue the bells. That's right. It's our holiday special. Sorry, I'm giving you more work. but Wow. Yeah. There we go. I guess I better make a note. Well, actually, it'd be funny if I do that and there's no bells. <laughs> that would be funny as shit. Yeah, maybe if I forget to uh, to get there or forget to edit that by the time I get around to it. Hey, it's it's fine. But uh, but yeah, it's our it's our holiday slash New Year's special that has absolutely nothing to do with the holidays or the New Year. That's right. Cue the bells. What? I said cue the bells. Cue the bells. Oh, you you peaked when you said that, so I couldn't hear you. Uh, my bad. I did peak. It's okay. Um, so, I mean, there's not much to talk about as far as what we're playing, because uh, we're both playing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, and still playing the same thing, and we're going to get into <laughs> the... the uh, actually, today when we talk about Cyberpunk for our topics, we're not really going to be talking about the physical game itself that much. We're going to be talking about situations around the game um so maybe just we'll quickly go through this before we get into like our actual topics but so we're both much further in the story now i think we're actually i might be just a little bit further but we're both basically towards the end of the actual main story now um we've been doing a lot of side quests and things like that so where are you at how you liking it what's going on yeah so i'm without spoiling the game i'm a decent way in um 
I don't know exactly how many hours I'm in, but I'm a decent way into the game. And if according to you, if where I'm at is correct, I'm almost done the main campaign, main quest. Yeah. Yeah. But I have been going on doing side quests. I just finished the Delamain taxi quest. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been finding myself just stumbling across random little quest. Like there's this Asian man, old man fixer that wants me to like do jobs for him. And I'll be driving down the city and I'll just see a question mark on my map and I'll just do it. So, for example, the one was like this building that I had to kill a guy in. And it was like this really small building. The doors were all locked. And the only way in was from the roof. There was like a little access area. And I kept going in and it was like I didn't check my quest log. It was way too high of, of a level for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. what I did was I just stayed on the roof and they had these like windows that were open and I would chuck mm-hmm. grenades shit through my pen i would chuck grenades and cue the explosion sound effect um i would (laughs) chuck grenades and snipe uh through the window and absolutely obliterate everybody and i got like all this loot that i can't even use until i'm level 30 oh that's okay i'm level 21 you're only level 21 yeah my man so i got all this loot that was like way overpowered for me but it was cool because i got a lot of experience for beating it right yeah, I'm sure. So just yeah. stuff like that, just playing the game, hacking, which I didn't, I don't really like hacking, but I've been doing it a lot more. Um, hacking and the combat. I have all these new mm-hmm. abilities. I can jump really high, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I may or may not have taken advantage of a glitch, which allowed me to get a lot of money. So I'm having more fun with the game because I have money that I can spend. Um, thanks for the, the video that you sent over, Josh. Dude. What's up? No, you can keep talking. My uh, computer just decided to switch inputs on me. Oh, no. Uh, keep going. You're okay. good. Yeah, so yeah. just just enjoying the game as a whole. Um, you know, they did put out the, I think it's the 1.05 update. Uh, right. As of the time we're recording this, it was two days ago. And it did right. substantially help with the crashes and the performance. I've actually been able it to did. turn on certain settings that were off previously because it would make the game crash too much. So is that, is that the chromatic ab? Yes, that motion blur, all of that was off previously. Yeah. To, Are you you weren't playing with motion blur before? I had everything pretty much off. Oh, I haven't I haven't messed with motion blur. Film grain, I think, was one. Oh, that I kept off. I don't need that. Well, I just I was just figuring like let's see how far I could push it now that the the game is fixed, which it's not. Um, right. the game still does crash. The game still is a little buggy. Um, but they did do a lot of, a lot of fixing that I was surprised to see. Um, they, right. they did fix some AI. They fixed, um, like the police following you. Apparently that was like a bug and now it's fixed. So what do you mean? The AI of the police chasing you is fixed now. I don't think there's even AI there anyway. Well, so. no, no, that's the thing. That's what people thought. But it's actually they fucked up the code, M- much like when I told you it was a similar situation to like the alien game where the aliens AI wasn't programmed correctly by a typo. It was something like that, mm-hmm. actually. And they fixed it in the update. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, man, I'm enjoying the game actually a lot. Uh, I don't want to refund or anything like that. I'm really having a good time with it. I think this game would have been fucking amazing if it just if they just waited to put it out. Um, mm-hmm. The side characters are so good and so fleshed yeah. out. Uh, Pan Am is still my favorite of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for multiple reasons and mm-hmm. um yeah i'm just having a really good time with it although there is so much controversy how about you yeah no i mean same listen i uh 
there is underneath of all of the ridicule and legitimate problems and critiques that I have with the game and the company that made the game. I mean, underneath it all, there's actually, you know, there's a, there's a fun game there. Like I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I think the story is great, even though I think it's way too short for an RPG. Um, in my opinion, an RPG story, uh, like main storyline should be no less than 90 hours. Well, Josh, there, that's real, real quick right there. That's a, a controversial statement to say it's an RPG even because there's so many elements that are stripped out of cyberpunk that it's not, is it really even an RPG at this point? It almost feels like more of a choose your own adventure path type thing rather than like a full fleshed RPG. Like there's there's stuff that like Witcher 3 specifically like allowed you to do with stuff that Cyberpunk doesn't. And while I love the main story and especially the like the side quests and the side character story, not even side characters, like their main characters, but their side storylines are incredible. Like they're actually genuinely interesting. Yeah. Um and the characters are great. But it feels like the side quests in this game that are available are just a means to a ro romance option. Sometimes. Almost. Sometimes, yeah. No, it's like basically every single main character. Like every trophy technically that pops, there's like a romance option there. Really? Yeah. I didn't think it and was like it, that. Yeah, and it just seems like all the side quests in the games are like a means to an end of a romance option or not a romance option. And obviously you can fuck it up along the way. But there is, um, there's like more, not, I don't know if restrictions is the right word. There's less openness to the design um, with it than there has been even in previous CD Projekt Red games. I would still classify it as an RPG. Me too, but not but deep, not deep at all. It's No, it's not deep, which is weird because Witcher 3 is hardcore deep. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, but regardless, I'm still having a good time with the main story, even though it's way too short, again, in my opinion. Um... I have a great time with the side quest. I do enjoy like the random encounters or the fixer jobs that you get and stuff like that. But I have done a lot of them. Um, I'm like close to actually clearing most of the, t the areas um, of at least the fixer jobs and those like NCPD whatever things. Like I've been basically just doing that. After you do it for a little bit, it's like, all right, it's the same eight designs for these things. And I'm yeah. like, um, are those like the, I'm the gigs? It yeah they all yeah. seem very like why would you make buying a car a gig that doesn't seem right for game i don't know i don't know either um it's so when after you and i still like enjoy some of them like they're like they're interesting and some some are way more fleshed out like each fixer in the game seems to have their own like little bit deeper um specific quests of those gigs that actually lead to something or like a larger issue that kind of fans out a little bit but the design with those gigs, it's like the same eight, it's like seven or eight different types of missions within those that all play out very similarly. And I'm even finding myself going into areas and doing them and be like, this layout is like so familiar to me. So after you do it a while, it's like, yeah, it's like the crimes in Spider-Man right. almost where it's like the yeah, same I'm thing like, over and I'm over. I'm done with seeing this. I get it. Can I please just have my experience and my upgrade materials and whatever the one like legendary or rare item you're going to give me. And then can I get out of here, please? It's like, yeah. and they don't even take long. It just, I don't know. And that uh, maybe it's because I like did, I did a lot of the main story, right? With just some mixed in. And now I'm like, well, my next main story mission is the end of the game. So I want to get all this other shit out of the way. Um, and maybe just because I'm doing it so close back to back, I'm like uh, a little, I don't know, 
tired of those, but have you gotten the title thing yet? Then I don't think I, don't think I have. Then I don't think you're close to the end of the game, dude. I think you might be at the title crawl. No, the mission that I looked up is the end. Like the title of the mission is the end. Really? It's the last the one that I have now in my log that says what the title is. It's the end of the game. See, I thought but that's the thing, dude, because someone said that like the title doesn't even show up for like hours in the game. But I never yeah, but I'm like oh, I'm over I'm 55 hours into the game. Yeah, I haven't seen the title, though, and neither of you. I don't think I have. No, but I looked up the title, the name of the quest, and it says like there, there's three acts, basically, right? Yeah, this is the last one in the second act. And the thing that I read, it said from this point on. Like, this is the final mission of the game. From this point on, there's no return. Oh, so I think at the end of this mission, because I heard at the end of Act 2 is where the title is. But according to the list I looked at, that was the end of the game. Like, that was the last That was the last thing where, like, you have to have everything in place, and then you're down a set path yeah. towards one of the endings. Maybe it's just you're, like, that's, like, all the choices before then, that's the ending you're going towards, maybe? I don't know. But I don't know. What a weird really choice to not have the title flash. For that long that's weird yeah i don't know if, if the title pops up now for me still i don't know if i did something wrong or maybe i just missed it to be honest with you i don't know um but if it popped up now i'd be like jesus christ like yeah i'm almost 100 percent of the game <laughs> and i'm like what it would just be very jarring yeah we'll have to talk um, off camera about where i'm at and we'll see how like actually close i am to where you are um yeah, um, I'm also, I'm almost low. I think max street cred is 50, which I hit, and max level is 50 right now. I'm at, I'm level 41 or 42 or something like that. I don't know. So yeah, you're like so, 20 levels ahead of me. And I'm on the last, the last side quest line, like character side quest line that's available. Gotcha. Um, which doesn't come in until very late. Uh, now, my understanding yeah. is that all of the side quest characters will assist you in the final act of the game if you finish their side quests that's what my yeah, understanding which, is right which is why i want to get because like i mean the whole the main story is you just trying to figure out how you can survive and get this chip out of your head yeah. um and then as you progress you're like okay well i also kind of want to help johnny if that's that's just how i've played it yeah um like keanu and i are like friends now um and like will willfully allowing him to take control and go back and forth um, cause he has a, he has a whole side quest line too, by the way, that plays into another side quest line. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to get all of them for the end. Um, yeah, me too. But it's, I think I might've messed up one, uh, cause I had sex with him and then I was like, eh, yeah, I don't really want a relationship. <laughs> and I'd hope that didn't fuck me. You're trying to be he seemed to understand. He seemed to understand the way that I said it. Uh, and now I'm with Judy, like I'm dating Judy. Yeah. Uh, and so this other side quest line, which I know you can get with the person at the end, I'm gonna have to turn them down. Uh, it's gonna be hard. Gotcha. But, you know. Well, before we move on from talking about us playing Cyberpunk, I think it's worth again stating that we are playing on next gen software or hardware. Um, mm -hmm. We're playing on the PlayStation Five. You've played it on the Xbox Series X. Um, mm -hmm. So. Although we are saying that the issues aren't as glaring as they, you know, could be, and we are enjoying the game, there are people out there that can't even play right. it <laughs> properly, yeah. right? So. But and and listen, the, the game still ha runs has issues running, and it's still a buggy effing mess. 
um, and there's no excuse. And I think there are a lot of features there that they talked about that are missing. Yes. There are a lot of things that are not as fleshed out and clearly not to a level that I would expect this studio to produce yeah. and almost feel unfinished or like, I think a perfect example is the brain dances oh. in the game. Dude, there are so many brain dances that you can buy or purchase and acquire, but you can't play them. Even though you have a brain dance thing, you get in one of your first missions, you get a brain dance, like a personal brain dance viewer, right? And you have all these brain dances in the game that you get. There's a whole side quest line, by the way, uh, it might not be a side quest, it might be one of those like, not gigs, but like just a side job thing, whatever that pops up, that makes you have to play a brain dance and you have the option to either play it on somebody else's machine or play it on your own machine. But you can't play it on your own machine because it's not a function in the game. There's no way that they put all of that in the game and like planned for you to not be able to watch them or use them. That's fucking abysmal. And like, so there's a lot of things like that. I'm like, there's something here that like should be, but it's not. Yeah. You know? So Well, it's probably cut. Yeah, probably. But regardless, I mean it's 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 a shame that it's not as good as it could be, but I'm still I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. So I don't want to take your topic here, but just a preface. So CD Projekt Red did offer or they made a statement where they said we will be offering refunds. Please, you know, go to Sony they and did. Microsoft uh, or whatever retailer you got the game from and you'll be able to get a refund. Now, right. they did so without even asking Sony or Microsoft if they could do that. Right. And Josh, what what happened there? What, what happened next? Yeah. So our first topic um is all about cyberpunk and the abysmality around it so let's go through a through a little timeline if we if we if you will okay um so you said that they they made statements since the game runs so poorly on, la on last gen machines specifically um and is buggy uh cyberpunk put out a statement like you said that they would be offered like that they can contact basically sony microsoft whoever to get a refund yeah. right and if they have a problem to then contact cd project Red themselves so then Brett, a couple days go by and Sony puts out a statement. PlayStation puts out a statement. Um, and this was on a date. I think this was, what, December 18th? Yeah, it was a couple days ago. Yep. It's not listed here. It was a couple days ago. Anyway, Sony put out a statement. It says that uh, Sony Inter uh, Interactive Entertainment strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. Therefore, we will begin to offer full refunds for all gamers who have purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via the PlayStation Store. Now, this is after it came out that people were having a hard time getting refunds from PlayStation. As we know, PlayStation uh, does not have the best customer service, um, and it is really hard to uh, get a refund from them. On digital products, uh, yeah. Right, especially for anything. Um, and then they, they continue to say that they're removing Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store until further notice. Now, this was huge. Yeah. That statement alone was huge. So I think you actually... I sent computer it. just did it again. Hang on. The computer just effed up again. All right, we're good. I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, so yeah, you sent it and... I, I read it and I was like, oh, that's good. They're giving refunds. And then you read the line and like Sony Interactive Entertainment will be removing Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store until further notice. I'm like, oh, wow, that's big. Like, whoa, wait, what? What? Yeah. What? When has a game ever been like unreleased from the PlayStation Store? <laughs> yeah, there's been many cases of titles being delisted because of, uh, you know, licensing. Right. Stuff like that. 
you know, PT, the Silent Hills mm-hmm. demo was removed from the PlayStation Store. Um, but this is like the first time that a major AAA game released and then was subsequently removed from the, a digital marketplace. Right. Which is begs the question, like, how did it get past approval mm-hmm. um, then? Because how did it go gold? Right. How did it get past approval? It went gold in, in a really worse state than yeah. it is in now. So how how did it get approved? Uh, whatever. Bad. Well, that's the anyway. That, hold on. That's a, a, a fun thing to explore is I saw a speculation that maybe CD Projekt Red was like Sony was shitting on CD Projekt Red like, yo, your game runs like shit. Now we have to give refunds. And then CD yeah. Projekt Red argued, like, you guys let it go past QA. And Sony they was did. like, it's true. And then Sony was That's like, true. okay, bye. <laughs> Just took the game off the shelf. Yeah. So um, they said, so yeah, Sony, you can get a refund, okay, if you have it on PS4. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, well, actually, if you bought it on the PlayStation Store in general. So anyway, you brought up a good point there, um, Brett, that. Uh, so there was a conversation apparently. So Sony put out that statement, right? And then Cyberpunk resp- responded, and uh, they started off by uh, this is via Twitter with their fucking stupid yellow and black bullshit release things. Yeah. I never want to see that color scheme again in my entire fucking life. Um, that they said that they you know they apologized for it. <laughs> um, that they basically are sorry that they didn't allow people to see the game running on last gen consoles, and said that. <laughs> that essentially they just didn't focus on it they just didn't look at it they just said yeah we didn't focus on it we didn't make it a priority that's the platform you're releasing the game on dude how 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 do you how do you not focus how your game runs on platforms that make up nearly 40 percent of the base that bought your game it's the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One version of the game that we're playing on next gen. What do you mean? If they what put out a next gen version of the game and then that was their argument, I'd be like, okay. But they're arguing that the, that they didn't focus on the last gen version of the game, which is the only version of the game. Right. Technically. Yeah. And anyway, so they talk about patches that are going to be coming up and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they ask people to wait. Um, email them if they have issues with the refunds. But I'm looking for the specific one where they were like, oh, man, I lost it because my computer fucked up. Um, What's that? The thing where they said they're still going to be supporting the game on PlayStation with updates? No, 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 no. The thing where they were like, they talked about they had a conversation with Sony. It was the one after Sony delisted it. Uh, um, let me try to find it. Uh here it is following our discussion with playstation so that's what i wanted to touch on so they had a discussion with playstation yes so um that makes me think that maybe playstation didn't just delist it or remove it without consulting them first um but they said that they basically came towards some kind of deal with playstation to get it off there okay um and obviously if you still have the game on those systems and you don't want a refund um for any PlayStation Store purchases, it'll still be updated, um, which is something that we were worried about when it came out. Yeah. So it's interesting that the game has only been removed from the PlayStation Store digitally. Right. Um, I, I believe, if I'm thinking correct, Josh, Cyberpunk 2077 was a marketing... They had a marketing deal with Xbox. 
They did, yes. Okay. And the game was advertised yeah. like as like an Xbox game almost, but it came out on both, obviously, and PC. Um, right. Similar to like a Call of Duty situation with PlayStation. Yeah, and that doesn't mean anything except that, you know, conversations were held with both parties, Xbox and CD Projekt Red, and there could have been, you know, some buddy-buddiness there. So I'm just curious as to how... the I want to know what was said in that conversation with Sony. I would like to know what was said, and if I had to anticipate, I would think that it might be um, both parties uh, being cd project red and playstation being like we need to do some kind of damage control here we're going to take this off of our store because clearly it's not ready we're going to offer refunds like you advertise right when the game is in a better state you're gonna have to resubmit it for approval or something well yeah but so that josh but also the fact that sony doesn't like giving refunds at all on digital products they don't they don't they'll tell you they don't they'll say this is a one-time courtesy you know what i mean so I almost feel like Sony was asked to give refunds for this game and they said, fuck you, no. And they said, people need, you know, they need their money back for this game. We fucked up. And Sony was like, we'll, we will give refunds to everyone that bought the game. However, we're taking it off because we're not providing any further refunds for anyone in the future. True. And to save their and own maybe, ass, they did that. Right. And maybe CD made up, maybe they made some kind of financial deal on the back end to have cd supplement all of that yeah um or give playstation basically their money back i don't know who knows um that'll be interesting to follow yeah but then it continued brett the abysmality this fucking rolling ball of shit continued and my friend we are not even close to being done yet so then after playstation delists this right yeah you have it come out via bloomberg right uh i think it actually might have been reported somewhere else first uh, maybe not, but via Bloomberg article, it came out that there's basically like a revolt behind the scenes within CD Projekt Red of the staff and developers towards the company. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, basically the next day after that delisting happened, there was a meeting and apparently according to Bloomberg, frustrated and angry staff members fired questions at the board. Okay. Because CD Projekt Red is a publicly traded company. Remember that we'll come back to it um to their board during an internal video meeting thursday this so this is last week um so this will be two weeks from when you're hearing it yeah um that opened with management apologizing for cyber 2077's disastrous launch and according to two people who were present at that meeting okay this comes from bloomberg sources um that it was a fitting atmosphere for a company whose slogan plaster on the walls all around its warsaw office is quote we are rebels end quote uh, apparently, developers asked blunt questions about the company's re uh, reputation and the game's unrealistic deadlines and the relentless overtime in the months and years leading up to the game's release. Yep. The meeting took place... Oh, okay, so this meeting actually took place right before Sony Corp's shocking announcement. I thought it took place right after. Oh, wow. So this meeting took place before Sony's announcement that it was pulling Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store and that they would be offering refunds. And during the staff meeting, CD Projekt Red's direct director said that they had come to an arrangement with Sony but didn't offer specifics. So they maybe had already known that this was coming. Yeah. Um, so basically, now, Brett, you also have a revolt going on behind the scenes because the devs knew. They knew. Yep, they knew they the hid, game was they broken. Hid, they hid memes in the game. They hid. They literally physically hid things in the game that is telling the gamer, hey, this is broken. And we know it. Dialogue, text, things like graffiti, they knew it, right? The article continued, Brett, that basically there's people inside trying to tell, like, scream to the higher-ups, 
Hey, it's not ready. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yep. The people working on the game knew that it was mismanaged and that they needed more time. The artists, the coders, the developers, right? They knew developers, they needed more developers, time. Developers, developers. They needed more time. And they continued by saying that the, the workers continued by saying that it was unfair and that they basically lied to the public about the state of the game. One employee asked the board why it had said in January that the game was, quote, complete and playable when that wasn't true. In January! Yep. January! Look at the state the game's in now! It's not complete and playable now! A year Imagine later. Imagine how shitty it was in January! <laughs> and Josh, didn't it come out? I don't see it on notes here. Didn't also information come out that said the game didn't even start actual development until 2016? That is accurate. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't remember where that um, was from, but I actually think maybe it was Jason Schreier who got it was. Yes, it was Jason um, Schreier from an inside employee who we know Jason Schreier has connections with so many people. Well, in the he game straight experience. up just said, if anyone has any information and you want to speak out, my DMs are open. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, and the game was announced in 2013, actually end of 2012, but 2013, um, and that they started pre-production, but it didn't actually go into full development until 2016. What's happening? Hmm. It didn't go into development fully until 2016. Hmm. So the game was so in development. So you announced, you announced release dates with a development window of like, a little under three years or just over three years initially for a game that size? No. No. You guys have made games before. You know how long they take. Four years is not enough for that game, which is why we were all so dumbfounded when the game came out that we thought was in development for double that time, and really, it was not. Yep. How can you make those promises? No wonder you fucking mandated your workers to crunch. It certainly makes a lot more sense, the state of the game. Dude, bad. Anyway. So let's continue, right? Oh, God, there's more. There's a lot more. Um, so uh, which one do I want to do here first? The Eurogamer one or um, the New York Times article one? Uh, let's get, let's let me do the New York Times article one first, and then I'll go back to the yeah. The I think one. the Eurogamer it, one's the newer one, I think. Yeah. So the New York Times, there's the New York Times article that came out, and this is from just a couple days ago, uh, December nineteenth. So literally yesterday from when we're recording this, um, and basically there's a website called Glassdoor. So this continues with the staff side of it. Yeah. Um, you know what Glassdoor is, Brett? Yeah, it's a site where employees can go on and like review their companies anonymously. Right, basically. Um, so basically on Glassdoor, CD Projekt Red was reviewed and there was workers on there saying that it was basically chaos behind the scenes. That there was office rumors spreading on disc internal Discord servers, misleading deadlines set by managers, infighting among the company's top brass, and incompetence and poor planning leading to unnecessary crunch, um, which is overworking as we know it. Um, uh, overworking employees to produce games under a tight deadline. Longtime engineering staff left the company as a result of overwork. Uh, there's a quote <laughs> from this Glassdoor thing that says, "The quote, the owners treat the company as a machine to earn money and do not see employees as people, but more like data in the table, end quote. That's a fucking shame. This studio, <sighs> this publisher of all publishers and studios, 
not the one you would suspect this would be happening. This is, I mean, listen, obviously the game was managed like shit, right? It's obvious to anybody with a brain. Clearly, right? And people that blame it on, oh my God, it makes me sick. You've seen people blaming the developers themselves and the artists and stuff like that. Well, well they're just as culpable, right? They let the game ship. They let the game go out with all these issues. Wasn't they knew. It wasn't their they decision. Knew. It's not their fucking decision. It's, their, it's not even their manager's decision. Right? It's a publicly traded company run by fucking idiots. There's a board, right? So the company, right, makes promises to the board. So the board is in control. You have their fucking executives are the ones in control, setting deadlines to the managers, then to the employees and the devs. Right? They knew. It's fucking mismanaged. Yeah. Right? And it starts at the top. It's abysmal. It's like they got too big for the britches after after The Witcher 3 came out and just won award after award after award, you know? I agree. And it's it's so interesting too, right? It's so ironic on so many levels that the two main guys of CD Projekt Red, right, started from very small beginnings, Brett. I, I don't know if you remember the, um, uh, oh my God. What's that uh, YouTube channel called that does like the long form docs? Um, no clip. No clip. No clip did a documentary on them, right? The two guys started by like localizing games to Poland, right? And started as like these really, uh, when they started CG Progress, started as really ambitious, you know, small, like, not indie, but small, you know, team that wanted to make awesome RPGs, right? And that cared about story and character. And then they have The Witcher 3, right? Which had a, a rocky launch too, where it wasn't great bug-wise, but comparatively... Nowhere close, better, right? Nowhere close. And that and that game is phenomenal. That is a fantastic game. And then you have them make so much money, right? They become a publicly traded company, right? So they're listed on the Polish stock market or whatever it is, okay? For people, for outside investors. They make all of this money with Witcher. Then they set out to make this super ambitious game about corporate greed. That's what Cyberpunk is about, Right? It's all the side effect of corporate greed. Yep. And boy, would you know it? That's exactly what the game is about. Not just in the actual game itself, but in its development too. That's right. Bitter irony. And then the last point here, Brett. So we we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, Cyberpunk is a publicly traded company. Yep. Okay. What that means is outside investors can basically buy a stake in the company, right? To give that company money to develop whatever it is that they're doing. In this case, a video game. When you do that, when you become a publicly traded company and people buy into your company, buy shares of your company, you have to make them promises of why they should keep their money in your company, Yep. right? Because the company therefore uses that money to develop it, right? It's an investment from the investors so that company can make whatever it is that they have promised to the investors. So now, Brett, it came out today at the time of recording this, that there is basically a class action lawsuit and additional lawsuits being put together by the board of directors and investors for CD Projekt Red. Okay. So <laughs> uh, basically a Warsaw-based lawyer and a CDPR investor has indicated, this comes from the other Eurogamer article, has indicated that they are exploring the possibility of suing um, and alleging that the studio may have misrepresented itself to investors in order to secure funding. Okay. Uh, according I to a it. briefing, 
Oh, yeah, for sure. According to a briefing prepared by the lawyer, they are inviting others affected by the quote-unquote suspension of the sale of Cyberpunk 2077 product, end quote. Okay. Um, it continues. There's one other thing. So the article touches on the scores, right? Mm -hmm. The abysmal now, like it has a decent, it has an 87 meta score for PC, right? But like... <laughs> <laughs> but PS4 and Xbox One versions like a 55. User scores are like a 3.2 for P for X for PS4 and a 4.4 for Xbox One. Um, it does continue to say that CG Product Red bosses have told that the staff and the developers that they will get their full bonuses despite CB CDPR's or Cyberpunk's rocky launch, which is good, and that the executives are taking responsibility for the state of the game, and that's accurate. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I want to uh, say from the article. But what I want to discuss with that article, Brett, is people are saying, that's it. You know, CD Projekt Red's done. They get sued by their investors and their board. That's it. They're done. And I think I think that's a little misleading. I think it's twofold, though, right? If you get sued by your invest <laughs> by your investors and your board of directors, I don't not I do not know what Polish like uh finance law is or right? i don't know what their laws <laughs> i don't are. think anyone expects okay. you to um but in the united states if that happened you would basically best case scenario would have to pay back the money that the investors gave you minimum right yeah. and then probably some damages in this case this is a relatively newer publicly traded company. Not only would you have to pay the investors back, you would probably have to sue or pay them back for damages, right? And I don't know, we've never seen this before where a product's been released. And then not only do the people that are like the middlemen, so like PlayStation in this case, have to issue refunds. I am really assuming that CDPR has to pick up that slack and pay that money back, right? So that 100% profit they made on day one, that's absolutely gone. Yeah, that's absolutely gone. Not only do they have to pay investors back, they have to pay, they still have to pay those huge bonuses to their employees, which I think they deserve, by the way. Absolutely. Um, but they also have to pay back the consumers, right? So after all of that, I guarantee you their board is gone, right? Their board is going to step down. This is a mess. All of their investors are gone. The fucking company's stock price is gone, right? They're going to be in financial turmoil from this. Yeah. Okay? I don't think that necessarily means they're going to close down their doors. I think it means they're going to downsize. I think it means that they're going to analyze some things as a company. Maybe it means they delist themselves from the stock market. And in the United States, if you, over a prolonged period of time, saw a company stock that was so volatile, it would actually be delisted automatically due to federal regulations because it's, it's, too, it's, it's too volatile, right? It moves too much. Yeah. Um, it has too big of an impact on not just the company, but the stock market itself. Well, um, let me, can I, can I throw some scenarios at you here? Yeah. So here's a couple of things that are going through my head as to what could happen next. Mm -hmm. So number one, I think that following this lawsuit, there's going to be another lawsuit and it's going to be the employees of CD Projekt oh, Red. For sure. For sure. Um, they're going to be suing for damages for many things, not just, mm -hmm. not just all of this mess, but the crunch and right. they were the promised health, health, health and mental health related components. Exactly. And and to mention, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but the bonus that was promised at the end of the year um, based on the sale of the game, that was affected mm -hmm. by not what the developers did, but what the executives did. And I can see that coming into right. play in, the, in a so, lawsuit. Yeah, so when this when this article says that they still are promising bonuses, I don't know if that means that was the baked-in bonuses that they were already going to get 
or if it means that there was the bonuses from the game, because we've talked about it before, that there was additional bonuses promised yes. to their workers based off the performance of the game. Exactly. So. And that was hurt by the executive's decisions. So right. Um, right. So that's number one. Number two, I can see these developers packing up and going somewhere else and forming their own studio. Um, Which they should, by the way. Absolutely. I, if I worked there, I would, I would get, I would literally form a conglomerate. Everybody walk out of that place and never go back. Yeah. Start a new studio, a la Turtle Rock or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, just make your own thing and make the kind of games that you want to make on your own time schedule. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are two scenarios there, Josh. I think that this is like the final scenario I have. This game, if it doesn't get fixed, this game could have a No Man's Sky effect where in several years from now, we look back and we say, wow, they really turned this thing around. Uh, and it could right. and it could be, you know, the executives step down and the developers become in charge of the project yeah. more, more yeah. so, you know, and this game could Which be is possible. Absolutely. And the board that the board that's there might actually have might force the executives to step down the ones. Now, I know a couple of them are definitely in majority shareholder positions, so they wouldn't be able to do that. But the other top executives, they're gone. I guarantee you in the next couple of weeks, they're gone. You're going to see it. Yeah. I mean, if, and if that doesn't happen, I think that what we could see is. In the future, cyberpunk is this thing that had so much potential. It was not done right. And it's the kind of game that you see a, a blue point step in and like fix it. Or it gets a remake or something or like a remaster or something that'll breathe breathe life into it. But if this if cyberpunk, you know, goes down as this tragedy and it never fixes itself and, you know, it's never redeemed, I think in the future we will see a a cyberpunk game again, whether it's 10, 20 years from now, um, mm -hmm. to redeem it. I don't know who would do it, but I think that um, I think that this IP is obviously interesting to a lot of people out there. It sold so many mm -hmm. copies despite yeah. all the grinding issues. Dude, poor Mike Pondsmith too, my man. I know. And that's what I'm saying. They he he trusted these guys. And listen, he trusted them and they did the developers did him justice. That world is right. living and breathing, but not oh, well, yeah. It's not yeah. living and breathing. It's but. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like his 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 vision is there, right? Yes. But you look at it, how how long he kept that close to his chest and he was like, I don't trust anybody to do it. I don't want anybody to do it. And he finally was like, Okay, here you go. Make something with it. Yeah. And they did this. And also, there is a multiplayer game that is still coming out. And an anime series that is, has oh, a... Scrap them. A very reputable anime studio is doing it. Oh, the anime I'll keep. The 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 uh, multiplayer, cut it. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. Scrap it. <laughs> Throw it away. And they're already working on it, so that's a major loss. Throw it. Yeah. Um, it's just... It's, it's so... It's really sad. <laughs> is what it comes down to is you had such great source material right and again there is there is a good game under there there really is um and we're enjoying it but you had such great source material right you had all this hype all these developers that put so much time into it right this was supposed to be like not only the biggest game of the year but like one of the biggest video game launches of all time yep. of all time and the most anticipated one of all time. And they had an opportunity to make it something truly special. And then every step of the way, 
right? Which we now know behind the scenes, not only did they treat their employees like shit, right? Set unrealistic deadlines, announce release dates way ahead of when they should have been opening their mouth, right? Lie to the public about things that were going to be in the game. Straight up withhold versions of the game and ignore them before launch and still accept the people's money for them. Mm -hmm. It's just... It went from potentially being one of the biggest, best video games of all time to one of the worst, most abysmal things in video game history. You're right. From not just like a game standpoint, like everything with that company. And they have gone from being literally my favorite studio. Like Witcher 3 is, when I think of RPGs and I'm an RPG fan, it's like Persona and it's Witcher, dude. And the Witcher 3 was a fucking phenomenal game. I love that. Well, it's like JRPG is Persona and the Western RPG. Western, is, yeah. right. And CDPR went from one of the best gaming studios to the worst. Worse than EA. Worse than... Bad. And and just just to tag in here a little bit, you said that you know this was supposed to be one of the biggest games of all time. It was supposed to in, like you know be this influential thing that changed games, specifically that type of game. And it, when you say that, you're not just overhyping it. It really was supposed to be that. Mainly that's what was promised. Well, yes, not only because it was promised, but because of the reputation of CD Projekt Red. And that reputation, they they we we trusted them with that reputation, and they basically took us, they rode us up to the fr the front gates of the castle, and they kicked us off the horse and left, and we Dude, just got like, fucked. That's such a good metaphor too, because it's like it's like going on this splendorous journey with a couple of bumps along the way, right? It's like winning the golden ticket to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, right? You get there and it comes to your dude. <laughs> he he comes to your house. You get in the golden carriage. You go to the front gate, right? He's fucking riding the horse with you when you get to get you there. You get to the front gate. He opens it for you. He says, go ahead and go ahead. Just look around a little bit. I'll be in. You go inside. It's fucking cardboard cutouts, dude. It's fucking smelly. The chocolate river like is in there. poop, dude. It's empty. There's fucking nothing in there. And then you go back outside and be like, what the fuck, dude? And he's gone with your money. Well, you won it technically, but <laughs> you won the golden ticket. There's no money. But, but you, had to, you had to buy a chocolate you're bar. right. To get it you're right so it's just um it's really sad and they have their reputation has gone from pristine to uh i don't think they'll ever make money again as a studio and i really do i'm not trying to be dramatic i really think it's ultimately going to be the end of that studio in its current it, yeah it's, it, they're it's they're done they're really and that done. that goes back to my point of i think that the developers should leave and continue to make mm -hmm. games under a different name to avoid that reputation yeah and um just to get out in front of it, and then we, let's move on because we've been on this for a while. Yeah. Um, I already can see, uh, I do think the developers should leave, and I want them to. Uh, and I already see people uh, <laughs> complaining, being like, but I want my game fixed. Don't leave. Stay there. Do it. I mean, we might have to take a big L on this one. Uh, enjoy what we got, and that's it. Like, the game, the game is, it. like, that's it. Uh, if it means not just like the health of those people, but you know, potential for the future to have something incredible. How cool would it be if those developers left be like, fuck you, we're making our own cyberpunk game, even if it's not the cyberpunk logo, right? Yeah. Because CD Projekt Red probably owns that now. We're making our own and they fucking go into development for like 12 years, this huge fucking studio. And then PS fucking six is out and we're like, they're like, hey, here's our game made by all X cyberpunk 2077 games. This is the game we wanted to make. Hope you enjoy. And it's like perfect. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That you just, that was my dream scenario right there yeah so gaming community gonna have to take a big l on this one 
Cyberpunk or CD Projekt Red is the big L. They're the big, big pile of shit, and uh, that's it. All right. Well, let's move on to something that's also <laughs> shit. So. Oh no. So to, pre- to preface, I have no idea what the rest of the podcast is. Yeah. Folks. Well, so we're going on a little journey together. I'm going to take the wheel. So Josh, do you remember back when Super Mario 3D All Stars was announced? Yeah, I do remember watching the little direct for it. Yeah. Okay, so that's for those that don't know, Super Mario 3D All Stars was the uh, collection of Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy, which is available now on the Nintendo Switch, right? That's right. We have it. We both own it. Yes. And there was a couple other little extras on there. They unveiled the um, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit RC car, and also Mario 35, Super Mario Bros. 35, which is kind of like Tetris 99. It's an online uh, com- competitive battle royale Mario game. Yeah, which is free to download. Yeah. Do you remember how people were very confused at why those games were only available until March 31st of 2021? Yeah. I, first of all. Even if that was the case, why would you say that like before the game's release, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and yeah, I do remember that, and it's weird. And I think it also plays into something we've talked about: is like Nintendo likes to artificially create supply and demand problems. Yes, yes, I yes, I remember. And Nintendo's just weird in general. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So for the first time, the president of Nintendo of America has come out and done an Doug, interview. The Dougie B. Doug Bowser. Okay. Cue the bells. As many people know, uh, Reggie fils former president of Nintendo of America, stepped down and Doug Bowser came in and took over. He hasn't really said much in the public eye. He said a few things, but Polygon actually sat down with him and interviewed him and asked him specifically about um, the removal of certain titles from the eShop after March 31st, 2021. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wanted this to be a topic was because I want to catch your live reaction as to his response. Okay, so I did not read this interview. I did not know it take place, and I don't know what he says. So this is actually interesting. Okay, so Doug Bowser said... Dougie B. When asked why Nintendo was going to be using this vaulting strategy where they put the game into the vault, right? Right, like he, Disney. Exactly. He replied, yeah, I think I use a simple, a simple word, celebration. It just... This is a celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary. And we wanted to celebrate in unique and different ways. And we've done that through games like Super Mario 3D All-Stars, or we will be doing that for future releases, such as Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, which is a DLC that's coming with uh, Super Mario 3D World. Um, Bowser also says that there are various other ways in which they're celebrating too, with releases like Mario Kart Live, Home Circuit. Uh, But that with some of these titles, we felt it was an opportunity to release them for a limited period of time. They've done very, very well. Super Mario 3D All-Stars has sold over 2.6 million units in the U.S. alone. He later clarifies that it's not a strategy that we're going to be using widely. So take that in for a second and tell me that this doesn't just come off as it's a marketing strategy. We were trying to increase demand. We wanted people to buy this. We wanted to sell units. So we basically made it only available for a limited period of time. That's exactly what it sounds like. He says, yeah, we made this marketing strategy to have this obscure fucking proprietary event. So only certain people could buy it. And then if you want to discover it years down the line, oh, well, it's a celebration. Yay. Exactly. 
Dude, Doug Bowser sounds like literally the dumbest fucking executive I've heard of in my entire life. <laughs> Doesn't help that his name is literally the main villain of the star franchise of your company. Um, a celebration? First of all, it all sounds like PR gobbledygook. Like he was fucking fed. There goes my eye again, dude. Like he was fed um, those lines. Be like, if if you get asked this, here's what. It's if, a celebration. If you, get, if you get asked this, this is what you have to say. Here's the fuzzy, nice PR marketing words that you're going to use. Yeah. Dude. Come on. Yeah, dude. It's really, it's, in my opinion, Come it's on. bullshit. And they said that this is not a strategy that they're going to be using widely, meaning like we don't intend to do this a lot. But that's not the case. There's several games that have released on Nintendo Switch that have a timed exclusive thing. Um, yeah. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Super Mario Bros. 35, and also a non-Mario game that has nothing to do with the Mario celebration. Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light, um, which is actually just Fire Emblem 1 for the NES ported to the Switch. It's a, it's a game that's $5.99 on the eShop. And for some reason, that game is also limited and is getting delisted the same day as all of the Mario stuff. No, it's not It's not a celebration. It's not a thing just for Mario. This is you trying to see if a marketing strategy, right, or a profit-grabbing strategy is going to work for you. Yeah. Because then what you can do then, Brett, is instead of allowing the games to remain out in the market so people can access them whenever they want, which they should, right? You want to create those artificial supply and demand problems like we talked about. And then what it will allow you to do as a company is four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years down the line, re-release it, be like, it's coming out of the vault, but it's the same price. It's the same price it is now. It will never decrease or it'll be a higher price then so, when you decide to release it again. So Josh, this actually leads into my theory as to why they released this Super Mario 3D All-Stars this way. I think yeah. that we're going to get emulation on the switch further emulation we already have nintendo nes and super uh super nintendo and i right. think that we could be getting ports of these games sold separately out of this pack uh coming in the mm. future and i think that they were basically trying to release this as one thing get all the money they could because this game did sell for a decent amount of money oh, yeah i think it was I, either 60, it sold well oh yeah it sold well it sold two point where's the 2.6 million copies. Yeah, 2.6 million copies. That's a lot, and it, it's not That's even it's not even a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. But I think that they plan on releasing these games separately, and as you said, double dipping. So they'll create the demand for them once they can't. Nobody will be able to get this game anymore unless they buy physical because it is physical, and you'll have to spend hundreds of dollars on this rare physical thing because it's not on digital anymore. And then they'll go, oh, well, guess what? We're releasing Super Mario Sunshine on the Switch, and you'll be able to buy it and emulate it. So I think you're 100% probably right. for this, Probably for the same price as the collection is itself. Yeah, it'll be like a $60 re-release, right? HD or something. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just... Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that either. We, you know, we talk about Nintendo being so ass-backwards and so old-school with a lot of their policies and beliefs, and I think mm -hmm. that this is just another one of those where it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, if you're going to... Do a marketing strategy. Don't treat us like we're dumb. You know, like it's just yeah, just say it. Just fucking say exactly. It. Like fine. Like I just. <sighs> I'm not a fan either of this strategy. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm a. I'm a, listen. I'm a Nintendo fan, but I'm not a fan of Nintendo. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I'm not a fan of this marketing strategy. Uh, I think I'm it's not, very anti-consumer. And I feel like it's not. It's not 
the celebration fucking thing. It's not like a test. It's like not something. It's just. It just seems like that's what their marketing strategy is in general. Always is to do something ass backwards. Like limit it, right? Create the artificial supply and demand so that you can just go do it again with something else. It's the same fucking thing. They could be the like, hero. It's not, they can create. It's. You know what I mean? They can swoop in and save the day for a problem they created. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Well. What are you doing? What are you doing? This comes the same week we get a first look and opening date of uh, Nintendo Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios, oh. which we will part, be going to. Which we will be going to. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Nintendo is just. I don't, and I, I wish I knew because this is just Nintendo of America. I wish I knew the strategy in Japan, but I'm assuming it's going to be very similar. I think that they also have. Yeah. Her, well, I, I, I think, I think NIA probably Nintendo of America. Um, gets probably dictated to what to do yeah from like corporate in japan 100 percent. i just wonder if they're also making the game i would assume the game is going to be delisted on the same date in japan probably yeah um, so yeah and basically doug bowser had to justify some crazy japanese dude's decision and he was like it's a celebration dude so. some of these people Lock them in a closet, okay? Don't let them speak. Dougie B, who's the uh, uh, SIE guy now? SIE? Uh, oh, uh, Jim Ryan. Or so Jim Ryan, man. So, yeah, man, I thought that would, that would just be something interesting to, to fill you in on because I know you weren't aware of it, and uh, I thought it'd be I interesting wasn't. to talk about. But um, I've been playing too much cyberpunk, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, this next topic is unfortunately even more abysmality. <laughs> Um, and this is just the abysmal podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking. Holidays. It, it's another. Um, Cue the bells. It's another problem in Asia, unfortunately. Um, this one is about a Taiwanese horror game called Devotion. Have you ever heard of it? It sounds familiar. Um, but not really. Okay, so let me give you a brief uh, rundown. Now, my face looks like I'm staring into the sun. I apologize. Um, looks like Pan Am bent over, and yeah. I'm just like. Um, <laughs> so, devotion. I'm looking at the Metacritic page right now, Josh. Mm -hmm. It has an yeah. 85 on Metacritic. Is this game out? Well, I'm gonna get to that. Okay. So it has an 85 Metascore. It is out, or it was out. It has, oh. from, from specific um, outlets, I'm going to read you some scores. IGN that Japan, good. 98. GameSpot, 90. Edge Magazine, 90. IGN, Edge. 82. So all these good critics are, are giving it high scores, right? Yeah. Uh, the game, the summary of the game is, it's a first-person atmospheric horror game depicting the life of a family shattered by religious belief. Explore a 1980s Taiwan apartment uh, complex lost in time gradually shift into a hellish nightmare delve into like the vows it. each member of the family has made and witness their devotion so yeah. it has a really sounds cool it has a really cool story it sounds cool looks cool too from the screenshot <clears throat> I'm looking at. yeah apparently it's really scary and really good now the game was yeah. out on steam josh and it was pulled okay so when it released, it initially included a hidden reference comparing Chinese leader 
uh, I don't know how to say his name, Xi Jinping, Xu Jinping, to Winnie the Pooh. So the classic Winnie right, the which Pooh, you, which which I know in China is like a no no. Yes, um, because of this meme that went viral in China of Barack Obama and the Chinese uh, leader uh, looking like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger from the Winnie the Pooh series. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not like that, and he's banned every <laughs> image of Winnie the Pooh in China and and whatnot. Uh, I love autocrats getting fucking panties <laughs> in a bunch of that bullshit. Yeah. So this game was removed from Steam because of this reference. It was literally like an Easter egg. Um, and Steam all over the place. Yeah, it was removed. Wow. So it was actually set for a re-release by GOG. On, it's a digital yeah. storefront. Um, only for the platform to announce hours later that it would not be listed after all. GOG tweeted on Wednesday. And by the way, this is after the whole cyberpunk uh, catastrophe that happened. Um after receiving many messages from gamers, we have decided not to list the game in our store. They backed out and they they said because of gamers. Gamers? Uh, they're not going to list the game. So Red Candle I... Games, the developer of, this, of, the, stu- of the game, um, they said, Hi, we are Red Candle Games. Though regretful, but we are willing to understand and respect GOG's decision. Broken English there. Um. For the players looking forward to Devotion's re-release, please accept our most sincere apology. This is a difficult predicament to overcome, but we won't stop striving. Oh, so the decision to not release it on GOG was made by GOG. Yes. They said because of messages from gamers, we've decided to not list the game. Okay. All right. And first of all, to me, this is just very obvious case of censorship. And yeah, and yeah, and catering well, yeah. to shouldn't have happened in the first place. No, right. and it's catering to one dictatorship, if you will. I don't want to get mm-hmm. too political here, um, but I just think that that's that's a bullshit excuse, GOG. I don't think that's true. I don't think that gamers were upset about this. I think first that. Good. No, I was gonna say I think that it's just it's bullshit to say that it was the gamers that were messaging because it was very clearly the government or something saying Chinese government, we're not right. going to make deals with you. We're not going to allow you to release games in China or we're not going to, you know what I mean? Right. So well, what, first of all, what, what is, what does GOG classify as gamers? Right. I don't know. What I, are gamers? I assume they mean any, like they're customers. And what all of them, it was the backlash was so monumental that they decided to not release it. It, they just said after receiving many messages from gamers, we have decided not to list the game. Yeah, no. So if it, if either China created bots to do that, or oh, that's actually they, a good point. I did not think of that. Or well, yeah. Or more likely, the Chinese government was like, "Hey, you're going to be delisted. You're not going to be able to release games in China, which is a huge market. Hmm. Um, if you do this, if I was GOG, I would have said, "Hey." Fuck you, China. I don't care. And done it anyway. This is another very anti-consumer decision. Yeah, well, China is anti-consumer, Brett. Their entire, like, releasing games in China is abysmal. They have abysmal censorship issues. Their fucking leader, just like the United States leader, is a big baby crybaby bitch and is disgusting. And don't forget, there were riots in China until the coronavirus. The riots wouldn't have stopped. Unless this virus right. broke out, you know what I mean? So they, right. there's 
political unrest in China right now still to this has day. been. Yeah, yeah it has been. And for uh, in Hong Kong and Beijing, specifically uh, Hong Kong for the uh, freedom, freedom, basically from the Chinese communist stuff and whatever. Anyway, um, more likely than not, the Chinese government probably put pressure on them to do so. Um, I first of all, I find this to be bullshit on many levels, like you said, censorship, uh, which we're both vehemently against. Yeah. Um, and it's abysmal in all forms. This is like if and then a game that someone made in America had a, a, a Easter egg where Trump had a diaper on with poop in it. And right. he was like, you can't release that game in, in Russia. It makes me look bad right. or something. You know what I mean? Right. And luckily in America, no, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> no, it would get released anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th I have a large problem with this. Uh, first of all, on whatever, whoever put pressure on them to do that. Um, and to play devil's advocate, if it was really gamers, uh, those gamers should, uh, go fuck themselves. Um, and also I think that it sets, sets a dangerous precedent too. And I don't like that GOG did this. Um, Neither and it makes I. me want to not use their platform anymore. Yeah, I honestly don't know what has happened since, except that the game is still not going to be uh, listed. Um, like, I don't know if they've made any further statements. I don't think they have. Hmm. Um, now, can they re-release it on Steam now? If they took out whatever, or did they not take it out? And that's why... It's a great question. I guess they didn't take it out. They shouldn't take it out, well, first of all. But... I, first of all, they should. yeah, they shouldn't have to, have to take it out. But I do think they did, and it still wasn't allowed to be released. Oh, bother. Um, that's a shame, because obviously it's made by a smaller studio who is probably hurting from enough. Like, it was, like, that's, it seems like, to me, like, that description was like a, oh, like, this is a great game for streamers or, like, like gaming YouTubers, right? Mm -hmm. Things like that that would bring traffic it was. to that game it, and lead to sales and stuff like that. And it was. It was until right. it was taken it was taken down. Right. So now you're hurting the smaller studio. Um, so that's bullshit. And so also, somebody... it was also a game with, like, a really deep message, like, a really, like, yeah. unique take on religion and, you know, an almost right. anti-religion. Right. But, you know, let's worry about the one Easter egg about fucking... Sushi Pooji in a fucking diaper, dude. Um, and I think what should happen is there should be some other platform, like some other company distributor that should pick it up and release it. Um, and I think it should be somebody big, like PlayStation, X like Xbox, EA, Ubisoft. Somebody should pick it up and be like, hey, we got gotcha. you. We'll pay for distribution again. Let's make a deal. Here you go. I feel like Sony would be too afraid to do it, but I think that like... Phil Spencer would totally just be like, yeah, let's do it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we talk about this a lot where games are art, right? You don't censor art. So right. these guys should be able to do whatever they want, especially with a, it's almost ironic the kind of game it was and it gets banned because of, of censorship, you know, it's a little ridiculous. So yeah, it's bad. It's very bad. So yeah, we'll keep everybody updated. If if the game finally does get released, maybe we'll do an indie intel on it or something. Um, mm -hmm. I actually was kicking around the idea of making this the indie intel, but because it's a game that the future of it is so bleak and we don't know whether or not it's actually going to be released. I didn't. Right. There's no direct way to support it right now. Exactly. Um, so yeah, man, that's Devotion. Um, check out some gameplay stuff on YouTube. You can actually, uh, if you type in the Devotion uh, 
Winnie the Pooh or whatever Easter egg, there's it, you can see images and videos of it. It's it's like not even really on the nose. It's it's actually kind of hard to 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 yeah. see what it's not like a picture of Winnie the Pooh. You know what I mean? It's a little more hard to understand than that. Yeah. But um. So yeah, from one indie game to another. My children, I offer you the opportunity to reclaim your past lives. Join me here on my island of Wakiwaki. Compete in my tournament, the Battle Bowl. Win and receive the secret recipe. And thus, your truest desires. A game being released by someone in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, first time we're Hell doing yeah. America for Indie Intel. That's right, Brett. So, Josh, what are we talking about? We're going to be talking about Serial Killers, which is a two D fighting game with a Z. Uh, my face is also <laughs> just getting absolutely blown out again. Um, That's all right. It's a two D fighting game. Uh, it was on Indiegogo, but as of the recording of this, it has been taken down. Now, let me explain why. So what is Serial Killers? As I said, it's a 2D fighting game. But the the draw, Josh, is that all of the characters are serial mascots. So yes. Tony the Tiger, you know, Lucky mm-hmm. from Lucky Charms, uh, you know, Count Chocula. So mm-hmm. all of these unique characters that we've grown to love from advertising as kids uh, with this really awesome almost anime art style. Mm-hmm. All of them coming together for this fighting game tournament, right? Um, the game was on Indiegogo, as I said, until a private funder stepped in and said, I'm going to fund the whole fucking thing. And he funded for this demo to be built. And all of the backers of the game are going that were already backing it will be getting um, the build of the demo, the beta, and become beta testers. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, there's no way to directly back this pro- project, but you can follow them on social media. You could follow them on, you know, um, Indiegogo. You can still follow the campaign uh, and you'll be able to see, you know, the updates of the game. I actually follow the artist. His name is either Michael or Mikhail Dingle. Yeah. Yeah. And I follow him or his artist um, on Instagram. And I've been following him for quite a while as he's been developing these characters, specifically mm-hmm. the Tony the Tiger and the Lucky. Mm-hmm. And when he launched this Indiegogo campaign, I didn't even know that it launched and it's already over because someone was like, this is a great idea. I'm going to fund it. So if you go on their Indiegogo page, you can actually see all of the character designs, Josh. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. So some of them that like are like really cool in, in my eyes are um, the Cocoa Puffs bird is like mm-hmm. in an insane asylum outfit <laughs> because he's crazy. Yeah. Um. Frankenstein from um, Frankenberry. Frankenberries, yep. He looks fucking badass. Uh, I like the snap, crackle, pop for Rice Krispies. I think that says snap in your neck, crack your back, and pop a cap. <laughs> so, like these. Oh my god, the fucking rabbit dude for tricks. Yeah, he just looks fucking slick. He's yo-yos on his hands. Yeah, um, this is cool, man. This is like right up our alley and. It's silly. Just awesome. It's really yeah. silly. Even like the so, for example, the health bars in the in the game are like spoons. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the arenas mm-hmm. that you're fighting in have like spoons and shit. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find the name of the artist. Because uh, if you a lead animator here, well, that's not the background artist, lead animator, programmer, project lead. Yes. 
I'm trying to figure out which one I follow. But regardless, um, I've been following this for a while, and I'm glad to see it's finally picking up some steam. Uh, the gameplay trailer shows some cutscenes too, and the cutscenes mm-hmm. are like super anime, dude. It looks like badass. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're huge fans of anime, so it's something that yes. is up our alley. I'm looking here; they have some stretch goals, but whoa, again, it doesn't matter because the their writer, their writer, um, worked on titles published by Ubisoft, Devolver Digital, and Choice Games. So this guy has worked in. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. The realm before, and now is going indie, which is great. This is cool. Small team again, five people. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I just wanted to bring this to everyone's attention. Um, I really love the art style. I really love the concept of just these characters. Because listen, my biggest fear when I was watching this be developed through my Instagram was they're going to get hit with a cease and desist by mm-hmm. every one of these companies, Kellogg's, um, mm-hmm. all of them. But it seems like they changed the design enough and they're being tongue in cheek enough that they're going to be OK. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fine. Like, I'm pretty sure the the antagonist of the game, his name is Dr. K. Like his name is like Kellogg's or something like. Yeah. So they even gave backstory to some of the characters. So Tony the Tiger, his name is Terror T. And he was like a soldier in the Vietnam War that almost lost his life. And they used a DNA of a tiger to bring him back to life. And now he's coming to the island to fight for the secret recipe. It's fucking insane, right? It's cool. But it's really, yeah. it's really, really cool. So yeah. ho- hopefully you throw some examples of it up on the screen while we're talking. I will. I will. Show it off. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm really yeah. excited to see where this goes. Go give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Yeah, Serial Killers. Check it out. That's right. All right. Well, my friend, that brings us to the end of our last podcast of the year that was 2020. Hit the bells! Because this is our holiday New Year special. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Again, this is our last podcast of the year. Um, and then we'll be back with you after the new year uh, with some exciting stuff. So, you will not want to miss that. Um, what? What? you have anything you want to say, Brett? Yeah, I want to say thank you, everybody, for, you know, continuing to follow us and watch our content as this year has developed. Um, We started our channel in like 2013 and 2012, Mm -hmm. maybe. And, you know, we've had a couple of stops and starts and stops and starts. And I think that we finally hit our groove and this virtual format is a lot easier to to film in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy and I hope you guys uh, stick around and, you know, watch, subscribe and do all that good stuff. And hopefully we can, you know, do something cool for you and, and bring you content that you like and you love. As Josh said, we have some surprises for the new year, stuff coming up. Maybe we'll have a couple teasers before the new year. Um, maybe I'll put something together to tease our, our little concept that we have. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it. Happy holidays and happy new year. Anything you want to add? No, it's just that it was fun. We've been back for what now? A couple that's of months, fun. yeah. It's crazy. I don't even know. Time flies. Uh, yeah, it does fly. But yeah, no, that's it. Happy holidays, everybody. Enjoy uh, time either alone or in small gatherings uh, with family if you're going to do that. 
stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, get those vaccines when they come. Stick them right into your mouth and suck down the juice, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for watching. See you guys later. Thanks for checking out this episode of Hapticast. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to Haptic Intel. Thanks for watching.